You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Today I've got Phil Verjaley, the Ducks Unlimited Magazine shotgunning columnist on here. Phil, thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you for having me. We've got Phil on the podcast to really enlighten all of us and, and bring to light some of uh, the off-season tactics for waterfowlers. We talk about this stuff all the time, trying to be able to stay engaged, um, doing different things as far as a year-round waterfowler. Um, but talking back and forth with Phil, you know, we've kind of got it to where it's the off-season shotgunning things that you do that will make a difference come opening day, uh, whether or not you hit your target, miss your target, embarrass yourself on the blind, whatever. But Phil's bringing to light. I think we went through six or seven tips on the last podcast we had Phil on. And now we're just going to go through, you know, we've got a long list of things to talk about. But but the first one, the first absolute um, thing that we're going to talk about today, the first lesson I should say is take a lesson. Phil, you know, I know you're a shotgunning instructor and you stress this in a lot of your columns and your features. How important is it for a duck or goose hunter to go out and take a lesson? I think it's really important. You know, there are no shortcuts to shotgunning success, but there are a lot of wrong turns you can take. And a, an instructor will keep you on the right path. It will teach you things. and can see things about your shooting, things that you may have been doing for years that you're not aware of or, or you're used to. A lot of the people, I've had several lessons I've learned from every one of them. And most of these instructors are hunters. A lot of them are waterfowl hunters. And if you tell them that that's what you're interested in, they can help you. Uh, the biggest thing I think you could learn from a lesson, you know, besides just basic basic technique is uh, 
you can start to learn how to diagnose your own misses. Once you understand, you know, you had a lesson, you understand why you miss, then when you practice on your own, and you do have to practice on your own, uh, that's, that's a big part of this too, is the follow-up. But when you're practicing on your own, you'll know why you missed. And when you know why, then you can correct it. And it's not a, not a mystery to you. So to me, that is one of the biggest benefits of taking a lesson is, is knowing why you missed and, and having some ideas about how to correct it. Yeah, and, and that is important, knowing the why. I mean, one of the most popular topics that we have in the magazine is is uh, in one of the popular, most popular columns and even some different tactics pieces that we've done, focus on the mistakes and why you miss, you know, why, why did you miss that bird, that left or right? Um, but having that understanding, it really gives you the opportunity um, to know and then correct, and that's that's a good point. And that kind of leads us into our next one where, and this can can uh, be pointed out by someone by through taking a lesson is learning to focus, uh, focusing on that bird. Shotgunning is really it's all about your eyes and your hands working together. And the better the information your eyes send to your hands, the more precise that information is, the better your hands can do their job. And so that means that um, if you look at. The whole bird, what you're likely to hit is the general area of the whole bird. But if you can dial your focus down to where you're looking at the, the tip of the bill, the eye, whatever, then your hands are going to go to that spot and you will actually hit the bird in the head, uh, you know, without, without aiming. But that's where your eyes will send your hands. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when I'm having trouble on the sporting clays course, when I'm having, can't figure out a target. I just look at it harder <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, what I thought was, oh, I'm leading it too much. I'm not leading enough. I was just, just try looking at it. Just look at that front edge, really, really, really see it. And then the gun goes to the right place. The target breaks and all of a sudden it's easy. It's, uh, it's really what focus does for you is it, it's, um, it, it gives your, your hands just the most precise information they need to, to do the job. Yeah. And with that repetition of shooting your hands, I mean, that's one thing that people do without even knowing is that your hands will follow your eyes and, and training that process and shooting and, and getting that focus um, is something that, I mean, that's an off season tactic. If I've ever heard one, I mean, it's something that uh, you can spend a lot of time at the range doing. Um, and, and our next topic is, is falls right in line with that as well is counting pieces and, you know, knowing, how how you broke that target and, and understanding you know how you did it is not necessarily the goal here is it it's basically just keeping that focus it, it's, a, it's i've seen this is a trick i've seen instructors use uh when someone is is looking back at their gun at the last minute to double check and i i, I saw an instructor do this with a student and the guy kept missing he said finally all right this time I want you to shoot the target. I promise you, you'll hit it. Just tell me how many pieces it breaks into and which way the biggest piece goes. And the guy broke the target and he, he told him. And, and as long as he was, what that did was it made him focus on the target all the way through the shot and afterwards. Essentially, it was making him follow through by keeping his eyes on the bird. And what he had been doing was he was at the, just the, at the instant of the shot, he was looking back at the gun to make sure, and that's that's a recipe for missing. But if you're watching that target and really watch it with your head down on the gun, really watch it break. That will keep your head on the gun. It will keep your eye on the target. And I always say that is 95% of shotgun shooting right there is uh, head on the gun and eye on the target. You do those two things, you'll hit a lot of birds. 
Yeah, and that can be carried over to the duck blind very easily by basically following uh, following the bird to the ground, you know, uh, or the water, I should say. So yeah, they, and that's that's just a good habit to get into, I think, because uh, there's there's ducks that you hit that come back to life or aren't hit as hard as you think they are. So it's good to see them hit the water and make sure they're dead before you go on to the next one. I don't shoot a whole lot of doubles because <clears throat> mostly because I'm usually watching that bird all the way to make sure. It, I said I'd rather I'd rather get all my bird to collect retrieve all my birds than than shoot a double. So I'll. I'll watch the bird, make sure it's dead, and then go find another one <clears throat> if there's time to. But it's the same idea. Yeah, we could probably have a 30-minute conversation just on that, on uh, you know, kind of avoiding doubles to um, to be able to to retrieve that bird. And basically, the old adage of having a bird in hand is um, is always better. So, um, you know, the next tip is learning to shoot in a ghillie suit. And now this is a little bit odd, a little bit strange here. Um, not necessarily odd, but probably something that a lot of people don't think about. Now, what was the reasoning behind, you know, using this ghillie suit as as the, uh, you know, learning to shoot in one of these? And they're hard to shoot in. Uh, it's really fun. It is a really fun way to hunt um, because you can sit pretty much anywhere and you're invisible. Um the first time I did it, I took us a, it was in a very shallow flooded moist soil and the not very tall grass. And I took one, just a real short chair, one of those turkey hunting blind, uh, not a blind chair, but a turkey hunting chair that sits, sits you down close to the ground and wore a ghillie suit top. And uh, it was a big flight day of um, green wings and gabbles. And they were all over me. I had no idea I was there. Unfortunately, it's it's the day that my, shotgun which worked every day before that and every day after that chose to uh, just act up on me it was an old semi beretta semi-auto i used to shoot a lot and for some reason it it didn't uh so it would shoot one two or three times that day and i had a horrible day of shooting i shot i wound up shooting two ducks and my spinner was the <clears throat> was the bag that day and the, the spinner was just because it was surrounded by teal at the time and i just shot and I hit the spinner um but um uh, that's the side. The point. The point is, is, it's a really effective way to hunt and hide, but you have to. And I talk a lot about pushing the gun out when you mount it to get it away from your coat. But in a ghillie suit, that does. That's not enough. So what I'll do if I'm sitting in a chair like that, and I've had other more successful ghillie suit hunts since, I'll sit there and I'll have the butt of the gun up. Um, you know, touching in my shoulder pocket already. The gun is the muzzle is down; it's resting somewhere. But I've got that that part of the mount is done, so that when the bird comes, I just have to raise my hands up, raise the gun up to my face, and shoot. And I don't have to worry then about tangling the uh, gun up in all those all those strands. Uh, and that that works really well. All the other thing you need to do is make sure there's not stuff hanging down in your face from the hood. You have to tuck that in or trim it back, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun to hunt that way. And you know, talking about that same technique, I'll do that in a layout blind too. If I'm in a layout blind, when the birds are coming, I'll pull the gun up so that the butt is pretty much in my armpit. You know, you're lying down, so it's not quite the same. But so then, when I kick the doors open and sit up, all I need to do is raise the rest of the gun up to my face because it's already to my shoulder. And so the saves me a lot of time, which is good because sometimes sitting up takes a little while and finding a bird. But uh, it's the same thing. I've got the gun up already so that all I need to do is raise the gun to my face with my, with my front hand. 
And uh, so that's how I taught myself to shoot in a ghillie suit. And, and so I know it's it's a it's kind of an obscure tip. Not a lot of people hunt that way. Um, it's really fun. I really uh, I really enjoyed it the times I've done it. But it it makes shooting it takes an adjustment for the shooting. Yeah, and, and I've I've hunted from a with a ghillie suit uh, several times, and and even done some photography with a ghillie suit, and even just with a camera. Um, it adds a whole different layer of technicality, even mounting a camera, um, let alone a gun. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can imagine you sitting out in your backyard in a ghillie suit sometime in April or May or even June, uh, mounting a gun and practicing. Uh, that's, that's what I imagine in my head. I don't have the nerve to wear one to the gun club, but I probably should. <laughs> yeah, they, people would probably stare. You walked in wearing a ghillie suit, that's for sure. All right. Our next topic is um, reloading your own non-toxic ammunition. Um, can you explain what the significance is of reloading your own? I got started in it just pretty much for fun. I uh, just, just cause to have another, another thing to do in the off season. Um, and, uh, it's really interesting to work on your, I was just loading steel. I've not, it, you know, where it makes a lot of sense is if you're going to load the expensive non-toxics, the premium non-toxics, then if you can get those pellets in bulk, you can save yourself quite a bit of money loading it loading your own and that's that's where it really really pays off i would say i was just doing it because i'm interested in shotguns and shotgun shells and and to me it was fun to learn how to put a load together and it made a big difference to me uh it, the components that i use especially the shot cups and the wads um i can't remember i forget the name of the one that i found but that who made it but uh there was one that that totally improved and I, i'd been i've been struggling and then all of a sudden i switched and i found this wad and and all of a sudden the uh the loads i shot i loaded was were performing really really well and it was say it was just fun for me it's just another hobby in the off season i don't think i saved much money but i enjoyed it and i learned a lot you know you learn a lot about shotgun shells i learned from and i know that the you know the big ammo makers are obviously a lot more sophisticated than I was in my basement. But for me, velocity, the, the higher the velocity, always the more open the patterns. It's a lot easier to, to make a shell pattern well if you keep the speed slow. And I've kind of carried that philosophy over into the, the factory ammunition that I buy and what I choose to shoot myself. goes against the current fad, but uh, that was one of the things I learned from reloading that I, I carried over. And it's, it's uh, so anything you could learn about your gun or about ammunition or <clears throat> is good for you, helps you. And, uh, and that's why I started loading my own. But yeah, no, if you want to shoot the really premium stuff and you can, uh, and I learned this reloading my, my own target loads too, is that you want to save money on shotgun shells and reloading the lighter, the load you can make and the less, of, the lighter the payloads you can shoot, uh, the less you spend per shell. Cause the, especially when you get into the tungsten iron shot, that's the, the by far the biggest cost. So if you can, you can come up with a light load that you really like. You might be able to save quite a bit of money and, and make it actually affordable to shoot that ammunition. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest takeaways for me here and probably for um, other waterfowl hunters is is how much you would learn in doing this and learning you know, how your gun reacts as far as patterning um, with different loads. And you can tweak that um, to, to your liking and, or however – However, you prefer to shoot and, and even, you know, tweak loads based on uh, the style of hunting you're doing. I know you you do a lot of Canada goose hunting and, and you probably have a specific load that you you enjoy shooting or, or you have confidence in shooting um, for those big Canada geese. Yeah, I do. And the other thing about it, it's just 
satisfying. You know, I, I'm not, uh, I can't carve my own decoys. <laughs> I'm, I'm not artistic enough, but I can, uh, I could load my own shotgun shells. And it's just, you know, one more thing that I'm doing myself that just adds to the satisfaction of, of uh, a successful hunt. Yeah, no, that's, that's a very cool. And I would highly recommend people, um, just at least taking a shot at it. And that way you can learn what, you know, what these shells consist of. I know so many hunters and I hunt with a lot of people that, you know, I'm like, Hey, what are you, what are you guys shooting today? And they're like, I have no idea. I found it, you know, in my bag, you know, it's like, really? Okay. Well, Hey, you know, whatever, whatever works for you. If you're confident in that, then, then I'm confident for you, you know? Um, but you know, learning more about the ammo that you're shooting is always a, always a positive. Um, the, the next little tip we have is, is really kind of basic and, and something that, um, you know, people probably overlook a little bit is, is working on the mental game, uh, the mental aspects of shooting. Can you kind of explain that? Sure. Uh, you know, clay target shooters and, and golfers, uh, are, are fanatical about the mental game because that's really the only reason they, they miss when they get to a certain level. But, um, it you can carry it over to your hunting too. Your your frame of mind, your confidence uh, plays a big part in whether you hit a bird or, or miss a bird. And keeping your thinking positive and keeping your thinking focused on what you have to do to hit a target is a big part of making a good shot. Even just a, a simple, if a bunch of birds come in at once and you're the kind that gets excited, if you're telling yourself, saying it over and over, pick a bird, pick a bird, pick a bird. It increases the chances that when somebody calls a shot and you won't just shoot into the flock the way a lot of people do, but you'll, you'll pick one. And, uh, and that's part of it, you know, some self-talk like that. Uh, and the other thing that learning to let go of your misses and enjoy your hits is important too. It's uh, whenever people go into shooting slumps, you know, we all miss. And we all sometimes miss more than one or two in a row, but that's not a slump. A slump is when then you start to get down on yourself and you start to doubt yourself. Then the misses just feed into one another and it's, and it's a spiral downward. And, uh, and there's a lot of, uh, I always tell people if they want to, you know, want to read a good book about shooting, they should pick up one of these golf books. There are a million good books written about golf, the mental side of golf, um, I like one called Zen putting quite a bit, but uh, really will explain to you why why your mental game is important and why it is you miss and why it is you make good shots and why it is people choke. All of that happens in the duck blind, just like it does in the clay target course. So being confident, keeping your your thoughts focused on what you have to do, not what you want to have happen, but not I hope I hit this duck, but if I keep you know head on the gun, eye on the target, whatever whatever helps you. Uh, the right mindset goes a long, long way in making a good shooter. I, I shoot a lot of different guns throughout the year. Um, in my position, I, I, you know, I shoot some, some different T and E guns. Um, and I'm sure you do as well. And, and I find myself in the blind with a gun that I'm not super familiar with. And, and, and I'll, I'll get in a slight slump. I'll miss a few birds. And the next day I miss a couple that I, I really felt like I should have hit. And I, I always go back to when I get into these slumps, I'm afraid to get into a slump and stay in it. So how I fixed this over about the last, I don't know, 20 years, well, I'd probably say 15 or 16 years, is 
I ended up going back to a gun that I got for Christmas when I was 12 years old. <laughs> and it's a Mossberg 500 trophy version 20 gauge that I basically spray paint every year. Um, and I never use it. I very rarely use it just on its own. But if I get into a slump in my mental game, you know, I start thinking, oh, gosh, you know, something's wrong, something's wrong. I grab that gun, I take it to the blind the next day, and I shoot great. I, for some reason, I've always shot great with this gun. And it just and I can just go and move on to the next gun. And I'm, I'm confident again. So I don't know if that's a good thing to tell people to do. But or do you have any little thing that you do like, oh, you know, maybe you, you know, move a quarter to your left pocket instead of your right pocket. You know, it's, it's almost like baseball players and their, you know, their psyche and and, and you know, kind of maintaining that mental focus. Do you have anything like that? I try not to. Um, speaking of baseball, though, I remember when I was a kid, I had a, a book about it's called Great Hitters of the Major Leagues. And there was a, a chapter about Stan Musial of the St. Louis Cardinals. And he talked about slumps. And I always remember this. He said when he got to the slump, what he would try to do was just hit the ball back to the pitcher. He didn't. He stopped thinking about getting about getting on base. That was the, uh, and, and that's what that's what I was talking about. Keeping your your thinking uh, towards what you have to do, not what you want to have happen, but what you have to do. And so he would just think about making solid contact, looking at the ball, hitting it right back to the pitcher. And that's all he wanted to do. And he said pretty soon he'd be hitting the ball back to the pitcher. And then pretty soon he was getting base hits again and he was out of his slump. But uh, if you are thinking, you know, I've missed the last five, six ducks, whatever, I'm in a slump. People are watching people, you know, all this. You're not going to hit the next one. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to, it doesn't make it any easier. Uh, you have to think about mechanically what you have to do and and if you can let the you know let the last miss go laugh it off whatever think about why you missed and go on you'll be in a lot better shape to hit the next one you and your dog are a team fuel is best in the field and in life with purina pro plan sport made for hard-working dogs of all ages every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. You know, next thing we're going to talk about is something that people can do at home, and it's it's you, you reference this as play the field. The, there are some terrific, inexpensive electric traps 
available now. And, and a lot of them now come with remotes so that you can set them up. If you've got 40 acres or even not even that big, but if you've got a, a place where it's safe to throw clay targets and shoot, you can set up your own course. You don't have to just shoot targets going away, which is what, you know, how we all grew up learning. But you can set up waterfowl type shots. You can set up incomers. You can set up crossing shots. Uh, and these traps, they'll, they cost a few hundred dollars. And a lot of them come with really decent remote units now that lets you fire the trap from 100 feet away or so. Or you can use a long, a long cord too. But uh, with a little ingenuity, you can come up with, a, you know, if you've got more than one, you can set your, your own little, you don't have to go to Sporting Clays, of course, you can set up your own little course that will give you the shots that you want to work on, that, that maybe are the ones you have trouble in with, or maybe they're ones that you see most often when you're hunting, but you can throw crossing birds, you can throw incoming birds, throw doubles if you want. And, uh, you know, all of that is within pretty much anyone's reach now. These are not expensive machines. And so it's not necessary to go to the Sporting Clays course to get that kind of, uh, those kind of presentations that you need. You can do that right at home or right, you know, in, in a pasture somewhere that you've got access to. And that, that makes a big difference uh, because shooting those going away birds, not the best practice for waterfowl hunting. You want to, you want to be able to shoot things that are coming at you or, or crossing or, or whatever, climbing. And uh, those traps make it possible for not very much money. You can, you know, you can get together with your friends at your lease if you want and, you know, everybody goes in and, and then it costs you almost nothing. And uh, buy a trap like that and, and practice, and it will really help you a lot. You know, most gun clubs don't let you shoot waterfowl loads. You know, most of them have limitations on, on shot size larger than seven and a half lead or, or even six steel. So, um, you know, having your own range like that or having your own little setup at a lease um, gives you the opportunity to shoot that, you know, three inch two at an at a incoming target that you normally would during duck season that you never get the opportunity to do at your, uh, yeah, at like a sporting clays course or, or any other facility. Exactly. Yeah. And then you start, you have to be careful because those will carry farther and you need to need to know what your shot fall zone has to look like with the bigger shot. But yeah, if you want to shoot a hunting load and some people, I try not to think about different velocities and different leads and everything like that. Cause it just makes my head hurt and makes me miss. But, uh, for some people, they are most confident when they are, shooting the the speed the velocity shell in the in practice that they're going to shoot in the field and that's the only way to do it you can't you get thrown out of a gun club and and rightly so for for shooting uh heavy hunting loads because it's not safe absolutely absolutely make sure we uh we clarify that to all of our listeners don't don't take your uh you know, boxes of, of duck loads out to the, the shooting club because they will probably kick you out and it is terribly unsafe. Um, so the next the next little topic that we're going to talk about and we'll kind of combine um, these next two is is check your eyesight. And, and I will I'll kind of introduce this as I have a buddy that I grew up hunting with um, who never, ever wears glasses. But randomly, he'll have his glass because he, he can't even see the birds off in the distance. And uh-huh. then he'll put his glasses on. And he's like, oh, look, you know, there, I see that flock you're talking about. Or, you know, I said, there's that flock of geese right there. Right. And then he doesn't have his glasses on when he's shooting. And I'm like, what are you what are you doing? And, you know, and he's like, ah, oh, the, the glasses get in my way when I, I'm not used to shooting <laughs> with them on. And I'm like, well, how can you even see the target? But he's he's uh, he's adamant that he can't wear them. Uh, but but this kind of goes into this is is check your eyesight. I would agree. 
For me, I got glasses, you know, just when a lot of people do in my early 40s. And I thought, well, I, this is great. I'm Now I can see so much better. I'll be a terrific shot. And no, what it was, I could see my hits and misses better, but I made the same amount of hits and misses. Where it really helped me, just like with your friend and his glasses there, at that same age, I went from being the guy who could see ducks and geese the farthest off, you know, I was always the first one to see them in the blind, to not being that guy anymore, just like overnight. And that's that's really important for a waterfowl hunter. If you can't see the birds off in the distance, if you don't know where they are, it's a problem. So that's, for me, that's been the biggest benefit of getting glasses. Uh, hunting in glasses is is fine until you, until you get rain and fog and that kind of thing. And that's miserable. But some people, it does help them a lot. And we were talking earlier about focus. And uh, obviously, if you can't see a duck's eye clearly enough, then you really can't focus on it. So having your eyes checked uh, helps a lot of people shoot better. Uh, and also, uh, eye dominance is something that can change back and forth. As you get older, as some, and sometimes you get older and then your eyes get tired or you know, shoot a lot or they get fatigued. Your eye dominance can change, and that's more serious uh, in, sh- in shooting. And uh, that's something you can also determine. We talked about getting a lesson earlier. That's something a lot of shooting instructors are really good at determining not just your dominance, but uh, but degrees of dominance, because it's not just a purely left-right thing. It's uh, There's there's in-between, there's center dominance, there's dominance that shifts, and uh, they can help you with that. And as long as you're shooting with, you shoot with both eyes open, eye dominance matters a lot. And and that is something that you just have to be aware that it's it's not set in stone. It will change through the course of your life quite possibly. You mentioned, you know, exercising your eyes. Um, how exactly can people do that? And is that something that, that they can do even at home, like, in, you know, during the off season and uh, exercising their eyes to, to, to be able to, sh- to shoot better? I mean, it just doesn't, doesn't necessarily sound like most people are thinking about things like that. But this is a good, good topic that you brought up here. Well, a few years ago, I went out to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs and, and spent a couple of days with the athletes out there at the trap and skeet fields. And they were... Uh, they were fanatical about their eye exercises. You know, they they tell you eyes are just eyes are just another muscle. And in shooting, you don't use a whole lot of muscles in shooting, but your eyes are one that you really do. And uh, they would uh, they would were very serious about their eye exercises. It's not uh, there are some high tech things you can use, but uh, a lot of it is really simple. And and you can you can buy these aids. They sell to baseball players that are uh, like balls with numbers on them. You know that you throw and then you do drills where you throw those in the air and you're trying to read the numbers off the balls. Uh, you know, you want to modify the guy, talk to was a trap shooter. So he, when he did it, since he wanted to work on going away, his going away vision, uh, he would have someone throw balls from behind him over his shoulder and read the numbers as the ball was going away from him. Um, they put dots on a, those little colored dots, paper dots with adhesive dots on a ceiling fan and follow those with your eyes. There's a lot of different things you can do that are that are low tech. The high tech thing, and I forget the name of them, but they're those those strobe glasses. Nike makes them, and somebody else makes one. Uh, a lot of football, a lot of athletes, football players and baseball players use those. And basically, it's a they make your eyes work harder. And they cost four or five hundred dollars a pair, but there are people who use them for shooting. Uh, and basically, it's like a strobe. It it's blocking your vision and and, and then freeing it up very quickly so that you you have to work harder with your eyes to see the ball or the target or whatever it is. And then it makes them stronger that way. When you take them off, then you can, you can see so much more clearly because now you, your vision's not interrupted anymore. But, uh, that's a drill that I know there's some serious shooters that use that one. 
that's that's inter- that that's getting serious. You know, I always see people talk about how much of a serious duck hunter they are. Well, um, let's let's see who's training with strobe glasses here this summer. <laughs> well, you know, I, I one of the reasons that shooting being able to shoot is important to me is because my duck place isn't very good. <laughs> uh, I don't I, well, I know, and and so if I get a chance to shoot a duck. You know, it's not like another one's coming along in five minutes. You can be a really good duck hunter and a lousy shot. And if you hunt in a good place, you know, you'll shoot your birds. Uh, if I'm not shooting my bird, you know, if I'm if I'm missing too many birds, I, I'll come home empty handed because it's just I don't get that many chances. So for me, being able to shoot is really important because uh, I like to eat ducks. And <laughs> and um, I'm not a great caller. And, and so for me if i get ducks in range i want to make sure that i'm going to make a good shot and that for me that means a lot of practice in the off season so that that part of it once they're fooled when they're fooled i, I then i want to be able to kill them uh i don't want i don't leave that part to chance for, for various reasons so uh the next thing that we're going to discuss really kind of lends itself um to the eye training to you know the lesson things like that but it's it's get in shape and something that, you know, waterfowl hunters may overlook, especially when it comes to shooting. Can you kind of explain um, what you're referencing as far as getting in shape for shotgunning? You need to be flexible and have a good range of motion. And as, I think it's especially true with waterfowl hunting because there's times when your feet are stuck in the mud. There's times when you're shooting off your back and uh, you want to be able to move to your left and right, and for, for right-handed shooters, moving to your right is really hard. Uh, and you bind up quickly. And if you are flexible enough, and if you're not carrying too much extra weight, that's, you know, or if you have to sit up in a layout blind even, that just makes it easier. And uh, so, and there's there's also, and waterfowling is not, it depends on how you do it, but it can be, uh, it can be strenuous at different times. If you're carrying decoys through the mud and, and a lot of other things, there's, uh, there's always or pushing boats that are stuck in the mud or all the other things that we we have to do sometimes. Uh, there's reasons to be in shape, you know. But specifically for shooting, like if you, you know, sitting in a layout blind and you want to shoot a bird off to your right, that takes a pretty good. Uh, I can do it because I practice it, uh, but it's not easy to do, and uh, it, it takes some flexibility and in order to make that shot and. Uh, so yeah, I think anything you can do to to keep the weight off and keep yourself fit is going to make you a better shooter. Yeah, there there's a lot of things you can do as you're moving, you know, f- swinging the gun far to the extreme left or right that will start to pull it offline, and and things that you might not be aware aware of even. But um, being able to move with your whole body uh, can solve some of those problems and and keep your swing on the line of the target. And so I, I think it is important. It's not a huge thing. It's not like upland hunting where, you know, I, I do bird hunt a lot and then, yeah, you have to be in shape because you're walking all the time, but, um, it still matters. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the next topic that we'll discuss here, um, is something that, you know, it, it, after speaking with you today, I, I have a feeling you've more than likely either worked with someone who's done this or also picked this up, you see a lot of golfers doing it. And now in over the course of the last 20 years, this video has become much, much easier to um, attain, especially everyone's got a video camera in their pocket here. Um, but filming your form, filming your shotgunning form, um, talk about this and, and how filming your form can help you. 
Well, you know, we talked earlier about learning to diagnose your own mistakes after you take a lesson. And uh, there are a few things you can see. I mean, it, it's really easy to see things that you don't, you're not even aware of. I remember I did, uh, we did a show for Field and Stream called The Gun Nuts. And um, we filmed me shooting crossing shots one day. It's the first time I ever really noticed this. And uh, and then I went back and watched the video and watched myself as if a target was going right to left and I'm left-handed, I would pull the gun off my face every time to hit it. And, uh, and until that, I didn't even know I did it. And, and, but it was, it was really obvious once I saw it on video. So, you know, you can watch, you see your head come up. There's a lot of things you can see. You want to see, you know, get back and get a full body shot. You know, if you're right from your right side and, and back a little bit so that you can see your whole body head to toe. And so you get an idea of how you move and how your feet are positioned and that type of thing. And whether you're leaning forward, leaning backward, whatever you're doing with your weight and your knees, you know, your knees should be slightly bent, not locked. And all these things are things you can see very easily with the camera. And then you can come closer and just get a shot of, of your head and arms so that you can, you know, from about a one, maybe a yard away, you can see if your head's coming off the gun, you can analyze your gun mount and make sure that the gun is coming to your face and coming to the right place every time. And there's a lot of things you can see. It doesn't matter. And I know if I'm coaching people, teaching shooting, I can, a lot of times, you know, the, the target doesn't matter. I could, a lot of times just watching someone shoot, I could tell them if they hit the shot or not without looking at the target because there, there's errors in form. Somebody's head comes way up off the gun. Yeah, they probably missed. Uh, and you can see those things in your own shooting so much more easily when you've got it on film uh, than you can just trying to guess or trying to trying to determine why you missed a target. Yeah, and the easiest part about that now, like I mentioned, is you know everyone has a has a phone in their pocket. So if you're out shooting sporting clays or or just you know randomly shooting some clays out you know in someone's backyard, whatever, and you can just you know pull your phone out and film one of your buddies and, and have your buddy do the same. Um, you can get that video and, and be able to break it down. And that's, that can be very, you can learn something just, just like you did. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about joining elite. Uh, how important is it for waterfowl hunters to join some kind of shotgunning league? Anything that gets you to the range and gets you practicing is good. And if that means joining a team and, and shooting with your buddies will get you out there more often than it, it's a great thing. It's fun too. And it's a great thing to do. Uh, but as we were talking about earlier, we talked a little bit about the mental game and nothing brings out weaknesses in your mental game like competition because now the targets count for something and they count for more than just an X on the scorecard. They count for winning and losing. And, and so that's when you will really develop the mental skills that we were talking about earlier where, you know, the best way to, uh, break a target or to hit a duck is, is not to worry about breaking the target or hitting the duck. It's to think about what you need to do and to mechanically what you need to do to make the shot. And you'll learn that in competition in a hurry. Um, and I, I, if you'd rather play golf and there's people who do golfing is tremendous mental training for shotgun shooting. They're, they're about the same game really when it comes to the, uh, the mental demand. So if you want to join a golf league and play golf all summer, I guess that's okay. I'd, I'd rather shoot myself, but, uh, <laughs> me too. but, but anything that, that develops the mental skills you need in competition, uh, will help you use those same mental skills, have them carry over into the duck blind. 
Yeah, that's a great point. And like you said, competition will bring out the best and the worst in you, I guess. And it really makes you focus and and, and learn to make each shot count and, and really use that mental aspect and everything. Now, the last thing we're going to talk about is probably one of my favorite um, aspects of shotgunning um, is hunting doves. And there is no better place to be humbled in the, in the outdoors with a shotgun than in a dove field. Um, but what are some of the things that shooters can learn and what can they do when they hunt doves that early September, you know, some, most states, some states start September one, most of them are pretty early in September and you can even find some late September and early October opportunities. Um, what are, what are some of the things that shooters learn from hunting doves? Well, dove hunting and, and duck hunting are very, very similar. Uh, you know, you think about the shots you get, they're crossing shots, they're incoming shots, uh, if you use a spinner, you know, there's decoying shots. Uh, it's really all the same. Uh, and, and a lot of times you're shooting from a, from a bucket or a you know, similar kind of position that you would be in waterfowling. So it's, uh, it's just like a dress rehearsal for duck hunting. And um, everything that, you know, it all carries over. And it's, it's great practice and it's really fun. Um, and if you want to shoot your waterfowl gun, that's, that's fine too. Uh, I used to, I don't like, I like having guns, so I, I shoot type duff guns now, but I used to, I started out, I shot my duck gun all the time and I shoot steel sixes and sevens. Um, and, uh, it really builds your familiarity with the gun. There's really, and it's just fun. Uh, you know, it's just, you're talking about, and the other thing that, that helps us, um, you know, we hunt the managed fields early and then we'll start to hunt cornfields. Uh, a friend of mine and I do a lot of dove hunting and we do a lot of scouting, which is really good practice for your waterfowl hunting too. Uh, we get out, we find doves, we find fields, we get permission and we have, we have field shoots for doves that are just tremendous. And, uh, well, those are the same places you wind up hunting geese later in the year too. So there's a lot of carryover, but, uh, yeah, hunting doves and, and it's, you get into the right spot, you can shoot a lot, and shooting a lot is, you know, the, the way to learn to shoot is to shoot a lot. So it's all good, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and, you know, you can't beat the table fair, and usually uh, the camaraderie of a dove field is usually uh, fantastic as well. And in all of these, and that kind of just wraps up all of these tips and tactics that you're talking about for off-season shotgunning, they all revolve around shooting, repetition, doing it, um, becoming more comfortable with it, everything from your eyes to your shooting stance to how you're doing it. And, and, uh, and I think, I really think that, that that's kind of the main point of all of this is just to get out and, and do it. And you can learn every little step along the way. Um, am I correct in saying that, Phil? You are. And, and you know, duck seasons are so short. Uh, to me, it's also just a way to lengthen the season. Um, because I, I see my, Target shooting almost entirely is practice for hunting. Uh, and it, you know, some people like to paint decoys. Some people like to train retrievers. I like to shoot. And, and you, you should do them all. Um, you know, if, if you're a waterfowler and you want to do this stuff year round, we only get so many days to hunt, but there's a lot of other ways to stay involved in it. And shooting is really important uh, because we do owe it to the birds we hunt to make good shots and, uh, you know, not to lose very many of them and to, to kill them quickly and cleanly and shooting practice will help you do that. And it will, I think it 
you know, being able to shoot, I think just makes hunting more enjoyable too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Phil, this has been fantastic. Um, I appreciate you joining me today, um, bringing to light all this, these great topics of conversation for, uh, even the duck blind or the coffee shop or, uh, you know, anywhere that duck hunters are, are gathering or will be gathering here soon. Um, but, but all these are, are very, very important things to think about this off season. So thanks a lot for joining me. Well, thank you again for having me. I enjoyed it. No problem. I'm sure we'll have you on again real soon. I'd like to thank Phil Berzaley, Ducks Unlimited Magazine shotgunning columnist, for joining us today and bringing to light all these great off-season shotgunning tips. I'd like to thank our producer, Clay Baird, for putting all these podcasts together and delivering them to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for supporting Wetlands Conservation and the DU Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside.